This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Portions of this program are pre-recorded. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to, lots to talk about. We've got Dr. Katie Kuhlman on today to talk about those little kids in Minneapolis that we all saw that viral video of who were hitting, punching, slapping, saying, I wish you were dead to police officers. These are like three-year-old kids that were doing this who are obviously not being raised right. We'll talk about the, psych- the, the psychology of that. Can you deprogram a kid that hates like that? And how do police restrain themselves and not you know, arrest the parents or call CPS or something? as their child is assaulting them and battering them. Uh, we'll talk about that. We also talk with uh, Dr. Coolman about the Border Patrol agents who are now off the hook, but no big, you know, whoop to do no big parade that they were doing their jobs right. They were not whipping anybody at the border. We'll talk about that as well. Plus, we've got Pastor Greg Lorian on his book about um, basically about rock and roll, sex, drugs, and spirituality and finding Jesus. Uh, he talks about John Lennon, Bob Dylan, and uh, Alice Cooper, who he's a good friend of now. We also talk a lot about Elvis because the Elvis movie is coming out and and the exploits of Elvis and, and the fact that he died at 42 years old. We'll talk about that as well. We've got a lot going on. Got a lot to get to on your Tuesday. <laughs> Crazy Train Tuesday. Carrie, how's it going? It's going all right. How are you? Is it? Mm-hmm. Doing okay, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Good, 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 good. A lot going. I've been doing a lot of tweeting lately too, so we'll talk about a little tweeting. We don't have to what? actually. It's in my contract. We've got to talk about Twitter a little bit every day. Uh-huh. You know, you get any cool tweets lately? No, no. Wow, that's weird. Maybe Brad will tweet something soon. <laughs> I'm sure he will. The show's that's on. All I got. You know he's gonna. <laughs> you know he's gonna. But uh, but Brad's more important than anybody I tweet with. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mike's in for uh, for Polo. Sam's here. Can't hear her, but she's here. Screening those there calls. I know some people don't want me to talk about social media as much as I do. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. But the two stories I have from social media today, I think are pretty interesting. You know the one. It's pretty interesting. Uh Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's another one that you probably don't know about. Okay, what's that one? Well, something broke last night. I'll get into that in a second. But mm. the biggest story of the day, mm. bar none, mm. Lockie, mm-hmm. is my grandson, Oliver, is seven years old today. Oh, how wonderful. Happy birthday. The heck is that? Seven. How do you do that? You have a seven-year-old grandchild. Oh, he's Dude. got an older sister, so it's not like seven's the, the <laughs> oh, oldest. Oh, man. You know, Bailey is a, a 10, right? Uh, so, you know, we've got we got a lot going on there. Now, again, I started getting grandchildren when I was 26, which no, is weird. I know. not true. Well, it's odd, but true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oliver, Grandpa loves you. Um, I, I talked to him today. It's funny, when I saw him in Michigan recently, um, and Grandpa, he ran up to me, and he knows I'm going to pick him up. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Grandpa, 
don't pick me up. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So I immediately picked him up, of course, because that's what grandpas do. Yeah. And he grabbed he grabbed two two uh, handfuls of my chest or my stomach, Ew. and he just squeezed as hard as he could Yikes. with his hand. That's I was what like, you I get. was in pain, but I'm like, I'm picking him up. He's picking laughing. He's having a good time. He's giggling. I'll take the bruising. I'm fine. Uh, Grandpa um, will be fine. But he he's such a great kid, and uh, he loves Grandpa. And it's funny. Um, a, a quick story about Oliver. Uh, and Oliver, again, I know you're listening. Uh, I, I love you, and thank you so much for being my grandson. And happy seventh birthday. I know he got some musical instruments. I know that he had a really good time today. But um, it, one day he said, I'm not eating broccoli. Mm. In, 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 like in my kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? I said, is Grandpa have big muscles? Well, yeah. I said, come here, feel this muscle. Man. you got to make him feel the muscle, right? Of course, yeah. Whoa. I said, you know how I got those? No. Eating broccoli. Eating broccoli. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I swear on all that is holy, the kid uh, looked at uh, either CJ, his mother, or or my wife, Jenny, and said, can I get a bowl of broccoli? <laughs> wow. He, he was eating broccoli. Okay. Now, and uh, when I saw him in Michigan <laughs> just last week, he said, I'm eating broccoli. You know, he's a, he, <laughs> wow, he's just, that's he's stuck a, with He's a good him. kid. That's Love awesome. the hell out of him. What were you going to say? Uh, do both of the kids call you grandpa or they have an, another yes. name for you? Oh, okay. They both call me grandpa. Gotcha. And when, when Bailey was born, my first grandchild, I thought I, they would call me grandpags, but they don't. Grandpags. Yeah, it's that, grandpa. that would work. That would roll pretty eh, well. Grandpa. That's but grandpa easier. works just fine. Ollie, I love you. I wish I were there with you in Michigan, but uh, grandpa's got to work so I can uh, I can pay for people to fly around the country like they are. And uh, and, and I, I miss you like crazy. But I'm glad that we got to talk today. It was funny. When he was done with me today, he just ran away from the phone. Like, I'm video calling And him, I'm right? done. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right. I'm he's out. got stuff to do. Yeah. He's, he's like, come and tell grandpa goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. Bye, Grandpa. And then he was gone again, which is good. He had a really good day. And That's I love you, and I'll good. see you very soon. There you go. That's the biggest story of the day, by far. Awesome. So last night, I'll float around the Twitter. As I'll do. Mm-hmm. Carrie, as I'll do I every once in do. a while. Yeah, who have I while. been tweeting to for months who has never even acknowledged me? Probably a couple of different people, brain. no? Use your brain. Is You're it one smart. that finally acknowledged you today? No, 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 no. She and I are good. Oh. No, 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 no. Who between Donald Trump? Well, no, Donald Trump has responded to me a million times. What are you talking about? Well, excuse are you are the same me. team here or not? <laughs> you got to tell me then. Who? Well, who is the biggest name on Twitter right now if you had to put a name on it? Elon Musk. Yes. So I've been tweeting to Elon Musk trying to get a rise out of the guy for mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I honestly have questions for him, and I'd honestly like to talk to the guy. Um, and he just lives in Austin. He's not that far from us. So right. he uh, he finally responded to something I said last night. It was kind of funny. Oh, the, the, really? The, well, the top tweet is this, and I'm going to show it to those who are watching on the on the, the stream. If you're not watching the video stream and you'd like to, by all means, stop by joepags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M, and click on Watch Now. So Breitbart News... Um, posts a video of Trump at the rally on Saturday night in, in Alaska, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, underneath it, it has this big, I'm not going to play it because he says BS. He says the S word. I don't think they bleep it out or not. But uh, Trump rips Elon Musk, another bull blank artist. Musk re- replies to it and he says, I don't hate the man. But it's time for Trump to hang up his hat and sail into the sunset. Dems should also call off the attack. Don't make it so that Trump's only way to survive is to regain the presidency. So so your boy Sparky over here jumped right in. Of course you did. 
Well, how do I not? You have to, right? Yeah. I say your response makes no sense. What about his presidency did you have a problem with? Energy independence, lower regulations, lower taxes, ISIS obliterated, XL pipeline being constructed, Russian pipeline stopped, border under control. What on policy do you have an issue with? And he responded, he said, yeah, but too much drama. Do we really want a bull in the China shop situation every single day? Also, I think the legal maximum age for the start of uh, a presidential term should be 69. Now, at that point, he's just trolling. Everybody thinks saying 420 and 69 online is funny. I don't do it. I think it's kind of silly. But I'm sure he's trolling with the number 69. There's no way he thinks 69 is the age that you that you should be. So I think there was a bit of a troll, but he did respond. And he says that we really want to bull in the China shop situation every day. To which I, I, I answered. I said, how's the China shop looking today? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't respond to that. And then there were 18 billion responses. And then he ratioed me. Do you know what ratioing means on Twitter? No, I don't. I'll tweet something. And if you go in there and retweet it or comment on it, and your retweet or comment gets more likes and retweets than my original post did, you've ratioed me. Okay, got it. So he ratioed me. Because he's had 31,000 you know, likes on his comment. He's got 100 million followers. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've got like you know, 8,000 or something like that. So uh, good back and forth. Maybe, 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 maybe. Okay, you know what I mean? that would be really maybe interesting if you get that interview. Open the door. Maybe we cracked the iceberg. I don't know what the hell the saying is. Maybe we did something. We, we, we cracked the egg over my head. Either way, he's 45 minutes up the road. I go up the road, I go interview the guy. Mm-hmm. I think that would be very cool. Mm-hmm. I would actually go to him, by the way. Of course. Who wouldn't, right? To get an interview with Elon. Absolutely. Right up the road yeah. to get Elon Musk. And, and I'd probably, he'd probably just have me just call him you know, EM or something. I know we get very friendly very quickly <laughs> no, with, uh, with the big names. I'm going to say but no. That's kind of cool that he responded. And, and I, I like the guy, and he must be a great businessman to be in the position he's in as the richest man on earth. I don't understand, however, those that I consider very smart to not realize the simple policy things I said about Trump. What Trump did on policy, forget that you don't like how he wears his hair or that he's gruff and curses sometimes or that he they call somebody a BS artist. Forget all that. On policy, you'd really have this guy that we have now over Trump? I don't think Elon Musk would. I think he would take Trump back in a heartbeat. And then I think the 69 thing was a troll, and I think that he laughs to himself because most people didn't didn't get it. You know, it's the top trend right now on Twitter. This is how stupid Twitter is. Mm-hmm. Mara Lardo. What? So is there some picture of, of Trump looking fat or something? Um, not that I Mara know Lardo of. All right, I missed that picture. <laughs> you know I mean? Let me click on okay. it and see what the hell they're talking about. There's going to be some stupid picture. Uh, no, there really isn't. I mean, this is just people Nothing? being rude. Okay. No, people just showing fat pictures that they're Photoshopping his head on. Oh, How stupid okay. is that? Well, that's not very How nice. stupid. Right. That's just stupid. Uh, anyway, so there you go. I've been back and forth with, uh, with Musk. Now, um, here's some fun. You know that like five or six years ago, I, um, I had Priscilla, I call her Priscilla, Priscilla Presley on the program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've never called her Priscilla. Of course ever. you haven't. No. <laughs> that would be horrible. No. She smacked me in the head. So, um, <laughs> I had her on the program. We hit it off pretty well. She was coming to San Antonio, I believe at the Tobin center. And she was going to do her life story where she's got her life story in pictures and film and um, and I, they liked me so much, they asked me to come and do it with her. And I sat there, asked her questions. We had a really nice back and forth. And it was very, very cool. 
So I sent a note. It's been six years. I sent a note to her people who might not even be her people anymore as far as I know. And I never got a response. I'd like to have her on now because of the Elvis movie that's in theaters now. And, and I wasn't going to see the Elvis movie because I don't think Austin Woods' face looks enough like him. But um, but I'm told that, that Priscilla was hesitant as well, saw the movie, and by the end of it said, okay, give my stamp of approval. This is great. So she says it's great. I'm going to go see it. So I'd like to have her on to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. So I send her um, a, a tweet because her people never got back to me. Hi, Scylla Presley. That's her name on Twitter. I'm not just calling her Scylla. Yeah. Uh, so thrilled to see you like the Elvis movie. I'm only going to see it because of your comments on it. Thanks again for an incredible event here in San Antonio. And I included a picture of she and I. Of course you did. Yeah. Because I needed her to remember who I was. She meets a lot of people. She might not know who the hell I am. Joe Pagler, who's that? Exactly. Yeah. Wow, rude. Why are you going to be rude about it? Can you be I am just listening to the story. Twitter, I'm listening to your story. Why can't yeah. I have a positive Twitter You sent Twitter me the day? link before. It's all the I picture. Not. What do you mean? I did not, I did not did. brag about this. Yeah, what do you mean? You really did. Oh, what did you say? What did you say to me? <laughs> Tell the people. I don't think I can what repeat did you say? it. No, I'd rather not. You said, great. I'm glad you got that off your chest. Now you don't have to talk about it on the show. Yeah, and now you're talking about it. You damn straight. I wasn't going to until you said that. <laughs> Yeah, right. I don't believe you. What? I don't believe so I posted you. a picture, and, and it's been a few days. Actually, it's only been a day and a half, something like that, a day. Uh, she's She responded, hi, Joe, so nice to hear from you. It's been a while. Here, I'll show the people who are watching of on the Of course, yes, they the need to see because, that. Well, they, they have to see this. Here's really the picture do. of Scylla and, yeah. and me, mm-hmm. taken by Sam Pags. Bam. All right, a little of that. As we scroll down, hi, Joe. So nice to hear from you. It's been a while. Please let me know after you've seen the film what you think. Warmly, Priscilla, and put a and put a red rose next to her name. Bam. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What? That is I, nice. It, I'm. I just said it's nice. Yeah, but yes. you're sarcastic. You can't be happy no, for me. No, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm very happy. This is Elvis's wife. And for you God's and sake. Scylla have reconnected. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. You're so rude, man. <laughs> so rude. All right, uh, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. The only calls I'll take right now um, are not necessarily about Priscilla Presley. I mean, I, I was maybe going to do a monologue on Elvis, and I still might do it, to be honest with you, because I think people mistreat him and his legacy because um, of the whole racial tension we have in this country. But I want to straighten some people out on, on Elvis Presley and the black community. Um, so maybe I'll do that when we come back. But I certainly also want calls on Elon Musk Again, falling into the trap that so many fall into that they worry about Trump's personality and they worry about how he speaks in front of people. Again, he's a really nice guy when he's not in front of the cameras. Really nice guy when he's just saying hello and hanging out. Um, But I think people get so completely locked in to his personality type, who he is, how he speaks, um, the drive he's got in every word that he says, his, his want to get revenge when somebody wrongs him in his opinion, that they ignore the actual policy. And that's scary. If the richest guy on the planet is not considering policy first, which he should be doing, then um, that's kind of scary to me because a lot of other people who have not worked as hard or not as smart as he is are going to fall into the same trap and not have the, the cognitive ability to say, well, wait a second, maybe I should pay attention to what it is that he did on policy. So that's interesting to me. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. It is the Joe Pag Show for your Tuesday. Thanks a lot for being here. You know, Carrie, people wanted me to do a parody making fun of Jill Biden with the whole taco thing yesterday oh, for Taco Tuesday. There you go. That could have happened. They wanted me no? to do a whole thing there. Uh, I did not do it. And, and I, uh, I'm i actually a little bit annoyed that conservative media is mis, is really misrepresenting what she said. I don't. She didn't say uh, Hispanic people are tacos. She did not say Latin people are tacos. It was idiotic what she said, but we told the truth about what she said yesterday, which was she decided to say that people in the Latin community are as unique as bodegas. She meant bodegas in New York as the blossoms in Miami. I've never heard of a blossom in Miami, and I grew up in South Florida. And also the breakfast tacos in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was ridiculous to utilize that as a representation of the Hispanic community in San Antonio as San Antonio is so much more than breakfast tacos. So it was denigrative anyway, but I don't remember her calling people tacos. I guess you could stretch it to say, well, she's saying the community is, is, is as diverse as tacos. Um, th- that's kind of dumb, but I think that people are not giving it truly in context. There's a lot there to make fun of, but let's make fun of it correctly. I think if we make fun of it correctly, it's better, isn't it? Uh, I would say yes, absolutely. I'm just going to put it out there. All right, 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. This past Saturday, President Trump spoke at another big rally in Alaska, and even Sarah Palin was there. Newsmax is the only major news network uh, network covering the rallies live. They're on all of them. I made the switch to watch Newsmax all the time, a long time ago, many years ago. You should too. They've had some of the best coverage of Joe Biden's dangerous programs. Every night you see Greta Van Susteren, Rob Schmidt, and Eric Bowling. Millions are switching from the old cable networks to Newsmax. Even President Trump says Newsmax is really good. Newsmax is the fourth highest rated cable news channel and the fastest growing news channel. So get all the details of Trump's big news, his upcoming rallies, and more breaking reports from Newsmax. Just text the word REMIND to 39747. That's REMIND, R-E-M-I-N-D, to 39747. That's REMIND to 39747. Trump is also set to make a major announcement, so don't miss it. Text the word REMIND right now to 39747. I made the switch to Newsmax a long time ago. I want you to make the switch and check them out as well. Get the app, too. You can watch it anytime, anywhere. All right, 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. AJ! Big time Motown, Joe. On a Tuesday, you know, AJ. On a Tuesday. Uh, hey, hey, wait a minute, Taco. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Not bad, AJ. <laughs> Not bad. Hey, Motown. Now get this. What if one of Trump's slim had it did this, but said watermelon? You think it had been all over the news by now? Well, a- a- AJ, they it. wouldn't even have to say, they would not have even had to say watermelon. If Eric or Don or anybody in the Trump family, Melania would have said taco in San Antonio, they would have tried to arrest her. Exactly. Come on, so man. This, this is, and then she had nerve to try to apologize. That was so stupid. But, hey, we're not surprised at that Motown. 
But as the, as the old saying go, the, the old dogs don't change their tricks. They don't. They don't change their tricks. And so, therefore, this is what we get out of them. But they call us racist. Ain't that something, Motown? We the racist one. But every racist comment that you look that's been out there has been done by them. Maxine. Uh, 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 no, exactly right. Sheila Jackson Lee. Well, well even, uh, even Obama. Even Obama's a racist Obama. guy. Obama. He looks down on people yeah. of all sorts of ethnicities and backgrounds. Yeah, another interesting part, AJ, is that she wasn't smart enough to not say bodega what days after that guy was charged with murder for defending himself in a bodega in New York. She still says bodega in the speech. Oh, she didn't even say bodega. She said bogada, which is just bogada. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, whoever wrote that thing should be fired. I mean, she looked like a fool. They're not going to fire them. They, they, they're just going to keep this going. But that's okay. Let them keep it going. We got three months. Yep. We got three months. Right quick. And we're going to yank them like a bad habit. Got to go. Better not mess this up. Love you, man. Love you, brother. We're always glad to hear from AJ. Keep it here. Coming back. This is the Joe Pag Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. The Joe Pag Show for your Tuesday. And we talked about, you know, getting these cool tweets. And it's funny. I've got to listen. Carrie, you know this. I've got a love-hate relationship with Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to delete my Twitter account every other day. And then I, how else would I have had access to the richest man on the planet? You know what well, I mean? Well, exactly. So you got to keep that, right? Or how else would I have had access it's to Priscilla up. Presley? Yeah. And she and I get along fine, but I don't have her phone number. So I couldn't be like, hey, Priscilla, what's going on? Um, so that was my way to do it. And uh, what's, what's that? I said, it's probably a good thing. You don't have her phone number. Why is it a good thing? Priscilla. What would I do with her phone number? Crank call her at 2am? What do you mean? No, but I don't know. What's that mean? You're so mean to me. What's going on? You want to come on the show? Yeah. Hey, Stella, what's happening? You know, yeah, yeah, I would not do that. Um, so, so it is. It's a love hate thing, but but also it's a love hate thing with like YouTube. I, I put all my videos on Rumble. Nothing new goes on YouTube. Nothing. They demonetize me. It's a squelching site. It's a censoring site. But there's a lot of good content on there that's not political. And I've seen some commentary on Elvis. I've seen some commentary on. I've seen people actually realize who he was and what a great artist he was. He wasn't just some you know caricature in a jumpsuit. The question seems to come up a lot about Elvis's relationship with the black community and whether he's a good thing or a bad thing. And here, here's what I, I believe to be the appropriate answer. He was a perfect storm at the right time. And here's what I mean. Poor kid from Tupelo, Mississippi. They lived in what I think they called a shotgun house, which is a little tiny, little tiny house in Tupelo, Mississippi for hopes of a better job and, and more money for the family, uh, Vernon, Gladys, and Elvis Presley moved to Memphis, Tennessee. They were, generally speaking, always in the lower-income neighborhoods. They were, generally speaking, always next-door neighbors to or in the same neighborhood as black people. And black people in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s were treated horribly in this country. It took until the mid-60s to get the Civil Rights Act of 1964 done. So... Here's a guy, here's a kid who's growing up, already has a love for music, surrounded by people sitting on their front steps or their stoops, playing blues and R&B. Also, factually true, he's sneaking into black churches, Southern Baptist churches, one would imagine, 
where the song and the dance and, and the revival's going on. He's joining in. He's singing with them. He's learning, he's learning his craft. He's learning what he would be eventually, although he didn't even know it. And then he comes on the scene, decides to do a song for his mother for her birthday. And the song was called My Happiness. Many people don't know this. That was the first recording that Elvis did, My Happiness. And, um, and it went very well. We met Sam Phillips over at, uh, at Sun Records, a guy I happened to meet in the ni- early 1990s. It was so weird. Sam Phillips was in my studio as I was doing my show at uh, WEAT in uh, Palm Beach, Florida. So it, it just the, the whole thing it was just a perfect storm at the right time. He sounded good. Sam Phillips kind of liked him, put him together with the rhythm and blues section. You got the guitar, you got the bass, you got the guy playing the drums. All the drums back then were, were not very heavy. That wasn't really the driver of the music. And they were just like doing some old R&B blues stuff. That's all right, little mama. They were doing that. And Phillips hears this and he's like, well, wait a second. Let's, let's lay that down. Let's record that. So here's a guy who, who grew up in the neighborhood. Here's a guy who went to church in the neighborhood. Here's a guy who learned his first music was gospel music, R&B music, and blues music. That's who this guy was. Didn't matter that he was white-skinned and had blue eyes. That didn't matter to him. He just loved the music and he had it in him. And when these first records started coming out, a lot of radio stations wouldn't play them. They assumed he was black. A lot of radio stations would not play black music on their stations. Once they realized he was white, they started playing the songs. Now, you could take that two different ways. The first way is, that's horrible, and it's racist that they didn't let the black artist. I agree with you. That's, that's racist. It's racist they didn't let him on because they thought he was black. You're, I agree. That's racist they let him on that he was white. I agree. But it was a good thing. What? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was a good thing, and here's why. Because he's singing songs that were not his songs. That's all right, Mama, Tutti Frutti. Uh, he's doing uh, You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. These are all old blues or R&B songs from black artists written by black people that white audiences had never heard. They never heard them. So now, to break that barrier of race, you needed the perfect storm at the right time. You needed a white kid from the poor black neighborhood to bring black music to the masses. And it wasn't really black music because, again, his roots are in gospel. Gospel is everybody's music. Of course, it was rooted in, in black churches in the South. But, I mean, they would never turn you away if you were pale skinned when you walked in. So he learned that and he applied that. Plus, he had the looks. Plus, he had the presence. Plus, he had the charisma. Plus, he had the ability to control an audience and draw massive crowds who were all being exposed to what traditionally was black music. Black music was brought to the mainstream because of Elvis Presley's existence. So when I hear from somebody that, that he somehow culturally appropriated, that's a modernized term for we should all separate and divide. Elvis wasn't that guy. He wasn't a divisive guy. He was an inclusive guy. He had black singers in his group on purpose. When Houston, Texas in the early 70s said, you can't bring uh, your black backup singers to the Astrodome, this story is widely told. He says, well, I won't be there. And guess who won? He did. He brought them with him. He hired another black male singer. So a lot of his background singers were, were black. And if there was any even 
aroma of racism. He stood up to it and said, I'm not going to take it. You won't have me. You want me, and they wanted him. Then you take all of these people, and you realize their talents as well and how important they are to me. So the idea that he somehow stole black music, B.B. King disagrees with you. Little Richard disagrees with you. Well, they did. So many black artists said, yeah, he brought our music to other people. Now, Ray Charles didn't like him. Ray Charles thought that he stole music. So that not every artist agreed. But think about it for a second. B.B. King once said, once you create the music and it's out there, it's for all to add to or take from. And this guy brought our music to an audience that otherwise might still never have heard it. Imagine that. Because who had the biggest hit with Tutti Frutti? Little Richard did. Little Richard would never have that have had that chance had it not been for Elvis Presley. Now, keep in mind, Pat Boone was doing the same sort of thing. But Pat Boone was what you might call really white bread. Or milk toast, whatever it is that we're, that we're calling it. Because he did it in a very sort of old, almost big band style. And that wasn't what the kids were looking for. They were looking for young, good-looking dude who can swivel his hips and light up an audience and sing the hell out of some gospel R&B and this new thing they were calling rock and roll. So he, for the most part, was a very, very good thing for the music of people who were otherwise uh, who were otherwise ignored, whose music was not allowed on the mainstream. Suddenly, although they fought it, suddenly radio stations were saying, yeah, it doesn't matter what race they are. We just want to play the good music that people will give us more ratings and bring in more, more ad money. They finally, he broke the ceiling for a lot of artists who otherwise would not have been heard. Now, that's not a story I just made up. Go and verify everything I just said. So with the resurgence of Elvis Presley and a new generation or two being sort of presented with his humanity along with his music, don't confuse yourself and think this white guy showed up on the scene from Beverly Hills and decided to steal all the black people's music. That's not the story at all. Your thoughts on that, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. couple of calls on Elon Musk. I know that Becca wanted to talk about Elvis as well. So let me start with you, Becca. What's on your mind? Hi. Hey, Joe. How's it going? I am, I'm really enjoying your show. And Thank I you. love that point you just made about Elvis, Elvis Presley. I've never heard that point made before, but it, it's dead on. I really totally agree with you on that. Thank you. Um, I saw that movie myself, and I... I, he was popular in a time where I was a really little kid. So, I mean, the last thing I remember when I was a little kid is I remember that concert he did in Hawaii there at the end when yes. he was really big and, and he wasn't healthy. Well, I'm going to stop you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, Beck, I'm going to stop you there. That's untrue. The, the, the Hawaii concert was 1973. He was in the best shape okay. of his life in that concert. He lost 25, 30 pounds. He got fat after that. Um, gained a lot of weight after that, but that concert, he got himself in really good shape, and it went out to 1.5 okay. billion people were watching that. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, as a little kid, so I barely remember. Right, right, right. I, I know that my mom was my mom was a big fan of his. Yeah, but um, that movie, it's like I didn't ever realize how uh, Colonel Parker just really abused him. He 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 prevented him from having the time of his life and traveling the world. Yes. 
and 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 was lied to, and he was basically it, it, the movie kind of portrayed him as being stuck in that hotel almost his entire life, right. which I found to be very sad. I agree. I haven't and, seen the movie yet, but yeah. I know that. But I know that from his personal story. And, and Colonel Parker, many people don't realize this. A wasn't a colonel, wasn't even a Parker. He took fifty percent of Elvis's earnings, and Elvis could not travel the world because Colonel Tom Parker was an illegal immigrant. Right, and he lied to him about it the whole yeah, time. Yeah. So it's like, I that's stuff that I never knew, and I didn't realize. I mean, I really think that Elvis's life, at least portrayed by that movie, was very tragic. Yeah, well, I, tragic. I well, I, I agree. His life certainly can be looked at that way. Uh, Becca, I appreciate you. Stick around for Pastor Lori later. We do talk about the the tragic life and the amazing life of Elvis to an extent as well. I haven't seen the movie yet, so commenting on specific things in the movie would be hard for me, but I do know about his real life. I also know the movie took some uh, some dramatic uh, um, um, uh, leeway, some dramatic, uh, what's the word, Carrie, I'm looking for here, some dramatic something. Um, dramatic, I know um, what you're talking about. Poetic uh, um, license. No. There you go, like license. Yeah, yeah so political. I mean, they, some, some of the things in the movie are not true, um, and if you're an Elvis historian, then you know that they're not true. But I understand why they did them to sort of encapsulate in a couple of hours, two and a half hours, um, exactly what they were trying to get across. Now, I understand there's a four-hour director's cut. I wonder if they're ever going to release that. I mean, the movie itself is almost oh. three hours, I think. It's oh, like wow. a four or four-and-a-half-hour director's cut. I wonder if Baz Luhrmann will ever uh, release that. Very, very interesting. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Your thoughts on what I said about Elvis and black, uh, the black community, black artists, and, and their music being heard because of him. Um, and, and I'll take, look, if you've got a counterpoint, then I'll listen to that as well. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. I'm glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. It is the Joe Pag Show for your Tuesday. Hear me, hear, hear me light up when I'm talking about Elvis? It's what I do. Oh, yeah. Carrie, it's what I do. I uh, know. No. You know, 11 years old, cried my face off when I found out that he died. I mean, how mm. stupid is that at 42? I know. It's terrible. Way, Just way too young. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Way too young. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that with Pastor Lori in hour number three. Make sure you stick around for that. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to go see the movie only because Priscilla said I should. Mm, mm-hmm. Sure she tweeted you that. to go see it? Am I going to go see it? I said, has she tweeted to you to ask oh, you to go see it? No, she has not. She just texted you then? She does not know who I am. Oh, yes, she does. She, I don't you were, think you so. were on the show when I interviewed her that time. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. When I went to the Tobin and I met her, she gave me a big hug. She, she said, I'm a hugger. She said, hey, tell that lady on the show with you that I said, hey. Yeah, don't lie. Oh, you're lying. Okay, she didn't say that. Mm-mm. That's true. Uh, 888 uh, I mean, I think I think Brad has tweeted you today. Oh, he has? No, I haven't. And he's not checked. tweeted me, so there you go. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Don, over in my chat room, and he's a great guy, said Pat Boone and Elvis were about the same age. Uh, Pat Boone's a little bit older, not much, um, but he came off as much, much older, and he did it more. It's almost like Pat Boone was trying to figure out what rock and roll sounded like. And he got even more hip later 
for some reason, but he was doing it more like big band. He was taking these black artist songs, and it wasn't him. It was his, you know, his record company, and they were doing it the wrong way. Elvis was much more charismatic. Uh, some would say much better looking and could draw a crowd much easier um, and had the gospel in him. And I think that's why it worked. I, I was, was not denigrating Pat Boone. It's just that it, what they were trying with him worked for only white audiences. What Elvis was doing worked for everybody. And I think that's the difference. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Remember the BOGO deal is still going on with, um, with Impure. Impure has these great air purifiers, the thunderstorm, smells like a thunderstorm just rolled through when you use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. That's why they call it that. Makes a huge difference. If you've got kitty litter, you've got you know, garbage odors, you've got something, some sort of weird smell in the house, why not put an Eden Pure Thunderstorm in there, make it smell fresh and clean every single time? You buy two and get two free. You buy one and get one free. Buy five, get five free. Buy ten, get ten free. This is the BOGO sale. Buy one, get one. And it's underway now for a limited time. The thunderstorm is going to completely eliminate any odor, even the worst odors like pet cigarette smoke, urine, cooking odors. Now is the time to order Eden Pure's buy one, Eden Pure's buy one get one free sale. It's it's going to be over soon. Over two hundred sixty five thousand thunderstorms sold, countless five star reviews. You know it works. People are buying several for around their home and as gifts. Just go to EdenPureDeals.com and use discount code PagsBogo. P A G S B O G O. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code PagsBogo. And shipping is free. Let me go to the phone lines in the time we have remaining. I appreciate you taking the time. It's going to be uh, Tara who's been holding on to talk about Elon Musk. Tara, what's going on? Hi. Hi. Um, well, I just wanted to, you know, kind of say in my mind my response. And I, I do really appreciate Elon Musk. Um, but when he said, uh, why do we want another bull in the China shop? My immediate thought was, well, perhaps our democracy shouldn't be so fragile as to be compared to a China shop. Well, I, I mean, I agree Maybe with that. Maybe we need and, to be a little stronger than that. Yeah, and my response to Elon Musk, and if you watched it on Twitter, if you didn't, at Joe Pags or at Joe Talk Show, I should say at Joe Talk Show on Twitter. You can go see our back and forth. Uh, the bottom line is this. Um, the China shop is ruined today. If that's the, the analogy he wants to use, Joe Biden came in and ruined the China shop. So I'm not worried about the bull going in there now. Uh, I, I like that when the bull went in there, he actually made the China shop better and safer, I would think. Uh, let me go back at it and say hello and welcome uh, very quickly to Linda on line three. Linda, what's going on? Hi. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm, I'm living the dream. Montana. Oh, well, great. Um, uh, I've I only got about a minute. Make it happen. Okay. Back in the 70s, when Elvis was doing his two-week uh, holiday uh, shows at the Big Hilton. Yes. I'll tell you the one thing that he did do. There was mannequins hanging on the wall, like uh, Queen, I don't know. Anyway, they were all white-faced. He sent one of his employees out one day to get two cans of black spray paint, and he spray painted one of the faces black. Well, that's a story that I've never heard. That would be interesting. I'll look that up, Linda, see if I can find out more about that. I've never, ever heard that story, and I know a lot about him, but not everything, obviously. Uh, let me go to, uh, to Janie. Janie, literally 30 seconds. Go. Well, just to corroborate your story about Elvis's beginning and his background, you're exactly right. I lived it. I was seven years old the first time he came on the Ed Sullivan show, and I got such a crush on him. Here's this little tiny girl, and I just, I was madly in love with Elvis Presley. <laughs> I thought he was the cutest thing ever, and I loved him, and I loved his music, and I thought he was fabulous. But you're right, he did break the ceiling for black people to be able to have their music heard by white people for the first time in history. Exactly and right. 
I just, I just really think that's fabulous, and I, it was such a good time for. I didn't. I grew up in a very small town. I we gotta go, unfortunately. Jenny, I love you. I love that you relayed that story. Hopefully, we'll have more time next time. Keep it here. Hour number two coming. Joe Pags.